This is Brain on Nature, a podcast about how going out into the natural world changed my brain. I'm Sarah Allerley. This is episode one. This is what it felt like after the accident. My brain felt like I'd pushed it to the limit. It was like I'd been studying a really hard subject. Like my brain was stretched to capacity. When I first get my audio recorder to make this podcast, I try it out in our backyard with my daughter, Emerald. how loud the traffic and neighbours and aeroplanes are when I listen back. Normally our yard's pretty quiet. I asked the sound guy that sold me the recorder. He reckons the traffic's actually always loud, but our ears, or our brains, are used to it. We know it's background, so we cancel it out. We've got good at just honing in on what we need to listen to. After the accident, I can't do that anymore. Instead, my brain's like the audio recorder. Picking up everything. It's all the same volume. It's overwhelming. I think the first time I'd even heard that you'd had the accident was that you'd posted a picture of yourself on Facebook. I wake up on the road in intense pain. I don't know what's happened. Who are these people? Where am I? Why is my right shoulder killing me? I try to get up. Strangers tell me not to. And I messaged you and you said you'd been in a bike accident. And I remember thinking how awful you looked and that it seemed that you didn't realise how serious it appeared. I'm on a stretcher. I don't remember the ambulance arriving or being lifted inside it. I scream out in pain. The paramedics can't get the morphine into me quickly enough. My veins are useless. The paramedics frustrated with me because I'm complaining so much. It took a few seconds to figure out what was going on, you know, because my first thought was, 
that it was some sort of prank or that it was, I imagined that it was someone like standing on the side of the street and you'd had an accident rather than, like all these thoughts went to my head of, so if you're on the ambulance, how did you know to ring me? Was it like her telling you to ring me? My stretch is parked against a wall in the hospital corridor. The morphine starts working, but the cannula keeps falling out. I'm in a bed looking at a ceiling in the corner of the emergency room. The morphine makes me nauseous. I keep vomiting. The anti-nausea IV falls out again. The nurses try other veins. The shoulder pain just keeps coming back. I don't think I spoke to you on the phone while you were in the ambulance. But eventually, obviously, I did because you said don't come right away. So I was very confused and I was a bit obsessed that I didn't want the kids to see me like that because my face was all scratched up. So I kept saying to the doctors, when do you think you're going to release me? Like my partner wants to come and visit, but I won't get him to come and visit until I'm actually ready to go. (laughs) And he kept, he must have thought it was kind of odd and they would be like, yeah, I don't know when you're going to be released. And they kept saying, do you have any family? Is anyone going to come and visit? Come, do you have anyone that's going to come and see you? And I kept saying, oh, I'm just waiting until I'm ready to go. <laughs> and so then I think what happened is you eventually just rung and said, uh, the kids want to see you, we want to see you, we're just going to come. I'm so out of it from the shock, the morphine and the head injury that I didn't realise how serious this is. No one does. I'm deliriously ignorant. I don't know that my life is about to change forever. I have no idea that I shouldn't be on my phone texting people with the news. I text backwards and forwards with my friend Miriam to update her. No, I'm still in hospital, not sure when I'll be home. Yeah, still come for dinner tonight. I'm injured, I'm on drugs, I need someone to take my phone off me. Sure, later, I'm just being wheeled in to have a CT scan of my head. I'll call you back when I'm done. What I don't know is that my brain is injured. The nurses and doctors know I have a head injury, that I'm concussed, but they don't know how my brain is failing me. Uh, Yeah, you seemed okay. You seemed fine. You did have a couple of scratches and some abrasions, and I think your arm was in a sling or something like that. After a few scans and x-rays, I'm discharged about 5pm. The doctor warns me that if I get a headache when I try to read or watch anything, I should stop immediately. He insists no work for at least a week, not even emails. Luckily, I've just wrapped up a big project, so I don't need to hand over any work. Miles drives me home and I climb into bed. I keep waking up all night. You know, you weren't able to sleep very well that night and because you were in pain a lot. Um, and that you found it hard to move. I think you were just really groggy and kind of slow and didn't really want to move much and you know, just needed lots of help with things. And um, do you remember at one point driving away and then getting a phone call from you saying that you did, couldn't turn the shower off or something like that and had to come back and help you with that? So I thought that was, um, yeah, that was pretty full on. The next day, everything feels overwhelming. I'm so foggy. I don't even get how bad I am. It's lucky I don't know the extent of my injuries. I pick up the novel on my bedside table. I open it and try to read the first chapter. 
try to read the first page. I read the words. I read the sentences, but I can't connect them. The strain of trying to make sense of the paragraphs brings on an intense headache. I love reading. What's happening? Two days after the accident, I go to the police station to give a statement. I tell them the little I remember. I left my house just before 8am. I rode my bike down the hill, under the railway bridge, through the roundabout. That's it. Next I was lying on the road. The officer fills in the gaps. A driver cut the corner. He was on the wrong side of the road. Didn't see me until it was too late. My bicycle T-boned the car. My helmet was bent out of shape from the impact. Sensitive to noise. It feels like the volume's turned up on everything. The treble's up, the bass is up. Turn it down! We already did it! Turn it down again! No, it will be too quiet! I want to turn it down, we're not trying to get that at all! Just turn it off, please. Talk quieter. Talk less. Maybe just stop talking. It's not just the noise, it's the focus and concentration needed to decipher the noise. To cut through it, pick out what I need to hear and comprehend. Hello, welcome to the Longform Podcast. I'm Max Linsky. Podcasts are out. This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. In communities across America, lawns that are brown or considered especially We're just getting started. TV, news radio. Yeah, we couldn't have music on, couldn't have, you know, any television on in the house or something like that. I mean, I just remember, yeah, the kids, like, just doing the normal thing, had to be quieter. And a week or two after where you were just like, I just can't listen to music. I spend months avoiding music. I dread walking into a room and finding music playing. It doesn't need to be loud. The melody fights with whatever else I'm trying to concentrate on. Lyrics make it worse, more voices to digest. I no longer get that feeling of a good song washing over me and relaxing my mind. Music's always been a big part of my life. Now I'm this annoying party pooper that comes in and turns the music off. My poor kids have to wait until I'm not home to listen. Emerald often asks, Does this hurt your head, Mama? Miles suggests I try listening to some Chopin soon after the accident. He thinks classical music might be good for my headaches and give me something to do. I listen to one song, but I don't even make it through the first couple of bars. I feel like my head's about to explode. I wrench off the headphones. We started watching Parks and Recreation, 
Um, and you were fine with that. Well, if you want something done in this town, you call Mark Brandon. Um, for some reason, the filming of Parks and Recreation and the cutting and, and uh, editing, the pacing of it seemed like you could follow everything. And there was a bit of uh, a logical connection between the characters. Um, but then we started to watch Arrested Development and you were like, oh, I just don't know what's going on. It's, the, the cuts are too quick. I, I can't figure out what's what the relationship is between the characters and I, it's giving me a headache i just can't watch this um which was really strange because i didn't see too much difference between the two and then i guess i looked and saw that parks and recreation was often just much longer takes and fewer cuts and i really didn't wouldn't have picked up on that you know, otherwise I get headaches all the time, but they don't feel like the normal ones I used to get occasionally. It's a dull pressure that builds quickly if I don't stop what I'm doing. I have an intense urge to get away from the stimulation that's triggered it. The pain's not actually that bad, it's more the sensation of not being able to think or focus or understand. The pressure building. I'm sitting in a noisy cafe. I can hear staff at the counter taking orders, the barista shouting out coffees, the other customers. The voices aren't background. They're at the same volume as my friend Tony, who's sitting opposite me. And I can't follow what she's saying. It's all going blurry. My brain's not focusing on what's in front of me. It's taking everything in randomly. Even conversations people have with me need to be straightforward, linear, simple and not too fast. Best to make them not too deep either. But I still don't know what's going on. I'm too out of it to join the dots. Once I've got a headache, I'm stuck with it for hours. Painkillers don't work. I can't do anything. All I can do is lie on my bed meditating or sit in my garden staring at the big pecan and frangipani trees. Eventually I'll figure out my remedy, but I haven't got there yet. Thanks to everyone I interviewed while researching this series. Head to brainonnature.com for more stories and science. Brain on Nature was created, written and produced by me, Sarah Allerley. Olivia Rosenman was co-producer. Ariana Martinez did the sound design and mix. Jonathan Zanti made this fabulous title track. Other music by JT in the Clouds, Epidemic Sound and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Claudia Taranto. She mentored me on this project through AudioCraft's Ladies Who Listen program. Thanks also to Mike Williams and Tim Roxburgh, Elise Portaka, Jess O'Callaghan and Jason Lacudia. Darcy Chris developed our website, which you should go and check out now, brainonnature.com.
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. 